0: Welcome to Accruance Built Environment Radio, where we showcase the latest innovations in intelligence for the built environment. Today, we have the unique pleasure of hearing a talk from Ed Bartlett, who will be sharing his thoughts on the surveyor's view of how technology is changing the surveyor's toolkit. Ed is an RICS charter surveyor with over 25 years of experience in the property and construction industry. Ed holds a master's degree in facilities management and has worked with many leading real estate consultants and operators. He co-founded KiCloud in 2011 and created the UK's market-leading survey and lifecycle planning solution used by nine of the top 10 surveying firms. And in 2018, KiCloud became part of cruant, wherein Ed is now the Senior Vice President of Data Strategy. Now, let's get on to the talk. I'm going to take you through my own view as a surveyor on how technology has and is still changing the surveyor's toolkit. This talk will include looking back over the last 30 or so years, how surveying has evolved today, the whole area of prop tech and the differences in the different types of technology that are available to a surveyor, the value of data and how important that has become, additional considerations for surveyors things to pay attention to and not forget about, but also a few predictions about what's coming next. As a chart surveyor who can remember what it was like to survey the low-tech way in the early 1990s, I must start by saying that surveying has seen a huge amount of change, some good and some not so good. Most of the early change was driven by surveyors wanting to work more efficiently, increase margins, as well as be less susceptible to recessions and market downturns. But it also was about retaining staff and recruiting more talent into the industry. And this change has also been driven by the fact that there was a real recognition that the productivity of the sector, particularly construction and property as a whole, has lagged seriously behind other industries. And it's been something that the government has drawn attention to over and over again. And if I look back to my early part of my career, I'm I saw this firsthand and with the very first foray into technology at around 1994, um, I acquired what was then probably one of the earliest laptop computers available on the market. In my final year studying building surveying, I started renting out the laptop to other students so they could finish their coursework over the weekends. But it was a rare piece of kit, a commodity in fact. And then in my first full-time job the following year, I was the only person in the office to have a PC. You know, turning up to work with a computer was what I thought was the obvious thing to do. But I soon find myself alone, um, almost ostracized for having the technology. Um, But I soon find myself writing checklists, reports, using an application called WordPerfect, a precursor to Word. Um, You know, the first one took longer than, than maybe handwriting. A report out, but the second and third got quicker and quicker, and I was less reliant on typing support to get the job done, which was more flexible for me in working the way I wanted to work. So the early productivity gains were huge through the simple introduction of the desktop IT solution. Um, but at the same time, there was a, a change, a similar change happening in the design industry where we were moving from drawing boards to computer-aided design, and that was something I saw firsthand as well. Um, and the combination of desktop and CAD facilities hugely changed the way um, the industry evolved at that time. So we're talking about the mid-90s and late-90s. Um, but then there was a real acceleration in the rate of change, um, particularly over the last 10 years or so. But that's been really driven by technology from outside the surveying and property industry. And let me illustrate this. So in 1995, except for maybe the camera, surveying was very much carried out as it was 30, 40, even 50 years before. Surveyors were desperate for technology to make the process more efficient. And many tried to adopt technology like the early held PCs. Um, handheld PCs as as Max highlighted before but they simply didn't cut it in the field I remember using this equipment the battery life was poor there was no camera they were black and white you had to use a stylus they never really took off for surveys Um, and what this meant was surveyors used the technology tried it thought it was the next thing to change the way they worked but it it failed to deliver Um, and over and over again, I saw colleagues revert back to pen and paper and traditional ways of undertaking surveys. But at the same time, the advances being made in the CAD industry, and particularly digital cameras, um, were starting to really deliver benefit. And you know, for a long time, digital cameras was really the biggest innovation in the industry. And it wasn't really until the arrival of mobile technology, um, and particularly the early mobile phones, that saw the biggest change um, and that change was to continue all the way through to the modern day. Um, but I, I remember using mobile phone technology in the late 1990s. And again, you know, it wasn't that it was it was a mobile phone device. There was no application um, capacity in those those devices. So there was a period of time when there wasn't much innovation. And I think it was really you know, It wasn't until the likes of Google and Apple coming, coming to, to the front um, and developing technology that really started to change business culture and, and, and that impact slowly fed down to the surveying industry. And I remember in Christmas 2010, um, I bought my wife the very first iPad that, that arrived onto the market and it was that Christmas sat, playing, using that iPad, um, that I made the decision that right this this sort of technology is what surveys have been waiting for, and it was that at that time I decided to leave my job at the time working in the construction industry um, and start a technology business. So you know, seeing that iPad, seeing what it was capable of, really was what inspired me to to make the move. And, you know, at the same time seeing what was happening in um, digital communications generally, so. I think the hardware had a lot to do with it at that point. And, you know, when we got started, there was very little software in the market. So effectively, we had to go out there and build that software. So that really takes us through to 2020. You know, if we we're very close to 2020 today. Um, and where is surveying moved to? And, you know, if I look, just think about what we've just talked about, you can see that technology is now used in all areas of the surveyors toolkit from the back office functions around email and file storage, to the way that project documents and drawings are prepared, accessed, and managed, and to the way we collect information on site and the tools we use to deliver surveys and reports to our clients. This technology is here to stay. The surveyor toolkit in some other areas has been streamlined. For example, you know, the mobile tablet that can be used as a digital notepad, a GPS locator, a camera, a drawing viewer. But then in some areas, equipment has been added to the toolkit, you know, 3D scanners, more sophisticated measuring devices, you know, telescopic camera poles and and so on. But I would agree that, you know, we've almost exhausted the productivity and efficiency gains of what we have today as surveyors. And having seen the benefits, we are now looking for the next big gain. And this, you know, this this has encouraged an explosion of technology solutions in the market, which we'll explore in a little bit more detail. The explosion of technology in this sector has become so significant, that it now has its own name, PropTech. Today, according to the independent research platform, there there is over 7,000 PropTech solutions in use today. And this technology spans from project planning, design, construction management, disposal, all the way through to every possible area of technology use, um, What I'd say we have now is a full cradle-to-grave set of solutions for property. However, important to note that many will not cover the whole life cycle of a property, and a surveyor will often have to select the right product for the phase of a project, whether it be design or construction or facilities management. But, and often that will mean that you may need to integrate certain solutions to be able to offer a complete client driven, client-focused offering to your customer. So I like to think of the technology really fitting into six different categories today. Um, and there are more coming, which we'll talk about later. So technology adoption amongst surveyors can be broken down into the following areas. So the first one I would call property assessment and facilities management. So, you know, what assets do I have? What are the, what's the value of those assets? What's their condition? And how do I lease those assets better or better manage those assets. So that's the first category. And most of the technology that we probably interact with today fits into that category. The next category um, is what's been called the whole space as a service. So tools that allow me to better communicate with my users or occupiers of my buildings, but how do I better commercialize my real estate? So in terms of you know, tools to allow co-working, co-living facilities to be used, and you know this is around room booking, um, interaction, client engagement, that sort of thing. You know these are the tools that underpin many of the big co-working companies, such as WeWork. The third area um, really fits into the sort of building information modeling. You know, looking at the 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 buildings. You know, in terms of how they're built, how they're designed, the specification, and also building that data model from the very early stages of design and construction. And what we're seeing now is that BIM is starting to be integrated into the two other areas I just mentioned, the property facilities management, space management, et cetera. But as it is today, I would say it's probably still a distinct category on its own, probably to see some evolution in that area. The fourth area, which I think many surveyors are increasingly starting to use, particularly building surveyors, um, the whole area of scanning, um, so I'd call this, you know, the group these as scanning, augmented, and virtual reality technology. So how can I visualize my assets? What does my asset look like in three D? How do I, how do I use that asset? What what does it look like before I buy that asset? And you know, obviously, probably one of the most successful uses of scanning technology in building surveying has been around historic buildings. And um, I was involved in a project with the RICS where. Um, they'd scanned the uh, RSS headquarters and we'd looked at building a uh, forward maintenance plan, a PPM plan off the back of the BIM uh, model that had been produced. And that was a fascinating ex- you know, exercise from a technical point of view, but it was also very, very useful to the client as, a, as an end product and that they could see, you know, an existing building, a very historic building um, represented in three dimensions, but also... Using that data to generate a forward investment profile for that building, and I think that's probably one of the most interesting areas of technology used today. The fifth area is around geographics, geospatial um, technology, GIS technology. So you know, you know, where is my asset on the map? What risks are near it? What data is relevant? Where are the hotspots? Where you know, where where are the parameters? And this sort of technology has been around for as probably long as uh, the CAD technology, but it's really evolving now into very very sophisticated mapping tools that allow multiple layers of data to be integrated together. You know, fascinating technology, again something very very useful to a surveyor, you know, preparing to go to do a survey or to be able to provide assessment of risks as part of a due diligence project. And the sixth area which is I think we're just into, but we're seeing some real traction, is what's is what's known collectively as Internet of Things. So linking together assets, measuring and monitoring assets. You know, and we've been involved in a project recently where, you know, working for a major retailer where we're able to put um, monitoring devices in all of their fridges across their food retail uh, portfolio. And what's fascinating about that is We've now got, you know, two dimension, three dimensions of information coming in. We have surveyors going out and doing their condition assessments, which pick up the, you know, the visual condition of the refrigeration units in a, in a, in a food retailer. You know, probably the most critical asset to to that client type. But at the same time, we've got real-time data telling us, you know, the temperature of the fridge, where the fridge is is performing within its parameters, whether it's working properly. So you're starting to see some real technology advancements and this is happening today you know this is 2020 you know this is where we are um and one of the things that um i often say to you know surveyors who ask about technology you know which technology is good which you know which should i use i always say look look at technology from from this point of view and this is the way that google looks at technology and they use it they use a, a technique called and it's very very simple it's the toothbrush test so if you look at a piece of technology and say am I going to use this technology once or twice a day? Well, I would hope it be twice a day, uh, being a toothbrush, but am I going to use this regularly? Am I going to use this as part of my daily routine? Because if you're not, you're probably not going to get the value from that technology that you would need. Um, it might be early on, you don't get as much use, but you've got to think about whether, you know, investing in technology is for the right reasons. And, and sometimes you may it may take time to build up to that level of usage but you know look look ahead and think of the technology in that way and that takes me on to data and the value of data in 2017 the economist magazine published an article it was actually pretty groundbreaking at its time the title of the article was the world's most valuable resource is no longer oil but data and this was on the basis that the world's most valuable listed businesses with digitally data-focused businesses. And I remember many scoffed at this idea at the time, and there was lots of jokes made about this, um, but two years on, you know, two, two and a half years on, this has now fully taken root in modern business. And how relevant is this to surveying? You're probably thinking, you know, we're not Facebook, we're not Twitter, um, why, why is data relevant? Well, let me, let me give you my take on this. Surveyors collect huge amounts of data, and until recently, we probably haven't utilized this data to the advantage of our clients in our own businesses. The main reason being that the data is only valuable if it's organized, structured, clean, and stored in an aggregated format. And when undertaking, say, a building survey, historically, each survey was issued as a report, as a standalone report, often, maybe with some data in a, in a supporting spreadsheet. Clients now want more than that they don't want a single report they want insights they want the data they want to be able to look at the evidence and the raw data they want to look look at analyzing trends for example you know they might want to look across their portfolio and analyze trends to see you know why buildings built in the 1960s tend to be in worse condition you know, present lower value or your lower yield uh, and maybe have high energy costs than those buildings built in the 1990s or, or later so to answer those multiple questions, and those are the sort of questions clients would ask, you need the data in a comparable and organized format. And I think many solutions today um, certainly focus on um, doing that. And I think it's always a key, key thing that we highlight talking to customers about technology is, you know, don't just think of the front end, the, the, pretty, the pretty interface that you might use for, for, for using the software. Ask about what happens behind the scenes. Ask about what happens with the data. Um, you know, and just look at the residential sector, for example, you know, a large-scale property portals have build up whole businesses around aggregating data based on property value and location. Data collected by surveyors can be of huge value to our clients, to insurance companies, and to the surveyors themselves. It has the value of providing the ability to benchmark, identify trends, and ultimately can add value to property itself. For example, if you're undertaking a due diligence, condition survey on a property for a buyer, having a good record of maintenance and being able to report that data may just help justify a higher valuation to the buying party. There's one key point to note here. We've got to think about who owns the data. And in most cases, the data we collect as surveyors is normally owned by the end client. And we need to respect that. So that takes me on to a number of key considerations for surveyors. And and the way I like to think about technology and the toolkit, surveyors should be protecting their clients' interests. And in the property industry as a whole, probably the biggest risk to most of our clients is protecting the value of their property assets. You know, property is the biggest investment class of any of any type, um, global. You know, uh, something like a seven, eight trillion pound asset base in the UK alone. And something like 20, $220 trillion globally. Using technology, we can give better visibility into the assets in terms of their condition, their compliance, likely future spend, uncover risks, opportunities, and even increase the value of that portfolio. So from a real estate profession point of view, a surveyor's point of view, the investment in new technology goes beyond the purchase of software license. It's about people. It's about process. Everything that must be put into place to deliver the technology into the business is also a significant investment. Technology projects can fail because the technology may be too too complex, but often it's because... Maybe people don't give up enough time for training and understanding and to implement technology in the right way. And because many disparate applications are sometimes bolted together in the wrong way. So it's important to look at understanding your customer's needs in your market, developing a, what we call a digital strategy to address their needs over a realistic time frame, And combining all that together, we're really talking about digital transformation. And there's some really great material out there on the subject of digital transformation. And I would suggest spending time to read further onto that subject. So um, the image on the screen is a, is an RICS guidance note. It's a great piece of advice around surveying and pr- surveying process, but also for the probably for the first time in, in, in an RICS guidance note it talks about how, how data and technology needs to be properly considered as part of the surveying process. So this guide, Surveying Assets in the Built Environment, came out in 2017. It's a guidance note I had the pleasure of helping draft with some fellow chart surveying professionals um, on behalf of the RICS. So, one thing I just highlight, you know, before going into a few points is, you know, we we often look at electronic data collection reporting tools um, and how they're utilized for surveying and report generation, Um, but, I like to think that you know such technology is not intended to reduce how long it takes to do a survey. I think there's often been a focus on saving time, moving quicker. But you know, rather than you know, rather than reduce the time it takes to a survey, we're talking about reducing the time from start to finish, from the the receipt of an instruction through to the issue of the report. That's where the overall time frame is that we're talking about time savings. The time efficiencies typically come in the post-survey reporting process. And if used in the right way, the technology doesn't remove time for the surveyor to think and to reflect and deliver what many call reflective thoughts as part of the process. And that's often been a criticism of technology in the surveying sector. But my view here is that it's very much about using the technology to give you more time to to think, not less time to think. So, key considerations when you're looking at technology, um, and I'll just pick out a few key ones here that really um, I think are important. So the first one is data storage. So you know, from a you know a GDPR compliance point of view, but also just from you know your own security, always ask where data is stored. So many clients will insist on data being stored in the U- UK or the EU particularly special, you know, UK government clients. Data centers used by software providers can be more secure than local servers or PCs in many of our offices, but, you know, data centers have to be certified um, to the ISO 27001 standard, um, and they should have disaster recovery, et cetera, built in. And also backup of data. Um, many technology providers, um, probably try, your you backup is an area where they can cut corners. So this is an area we, we suggest you always explore in detail. So if you look at your professional indemnity policy, um, most of the RICS approved policies will state that data stored in electronic media has to be backed up every 24 hours to protect your client's data. So most software providers will be able to provide this cover and backup. But it suggests that the you know you know certainly we would see data needed to be backed up um at least every half an hour rather than once a day but you might find that some free or um near free solutions in may may not back up your data at all so that's something to to explore um software availability and system availability is really important so you know ask the question you know what's what sort of availability of systems so you know what we mean by availability is when you go to log on to use, um, your toolkit, um, is it there, is it available? And a good, good piece of software, a good tool, digital tool in this market should have an availability of more than 99.9% of the time. Um, so that's something to, to really explore. Um, again, around data, it's important to think about ownership of data. So, you know, most providers in the UK um, will be very good on this and they'll you know, very clearly show that you own the data that you put into the system. But again, if you start using maybe um, applications um, beyond the UK boundaries, you might find that, you know, th- those applications may be free or, or very near free or freemium as it's sometimes called, but you'll find that you're giving up the rights to that data. So think 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 of some of the big social media companies that have had problems recently where, you know, data has been um, exploited and used um, without, you know, users' knowledge. Um, but when you read the small print, you've actually given consent for that, but you just ha- you weren't aware that was happening. So always ask about ownership of data. Um, and then there's some technical things that I think always always to look out for, you know, in terms of the, um, the applications and tools out there, you know, how they handle uh, data, how they can preload information from third-party sources, how they handle photographs, because you know photographs are a pretty key part of the surveyors tool, tool, you know, toolkit, taking photographs and also the reports, but also um, how you can record multiple data points, You know, so the ability to record in note form, data field, um, annotations of drawings, all those different types of recording of site notes that need to be undertaken during a survey. Um, and it's also that important to look at reporting and how the reports can be built, the outputs of reports, and how how you can link into other, other standards, um, you know, such as cost data um, and, you know, the use of standard element structures like the NRM data structure, for example. Um, so there's all sorts of different app things to consider. And I think, you know, certainly sitting down with your customer to understand what they want to get out of. Application is pretty critical. So that takes me neatly on to the future. Um, We've very much looked at the past, where we are today, some of the key things to look out for. And I mentioned before that there were, say, six or so key areas of technology that are relevant to the surveyor's toolkit. And I think as we move forward, there are three others that I think are here today, but not necessarily impacting the surveying toolkit just yet. So the first one I'm going to touch on is smart cities. Now, what I mean by smart cities is how does that city geography link together and how do we build up a network of assets and how, how can this benefit end users at a city level? So where I think this will become apparent for surveyors and, and how we operate is there's going to be much more linkage between property, you know, think of it as a, more of a network rather than individual properties. And, you know, I think surveys will ultimately move to being undertaken at at much more on a city level or a multi-geography level than they have been in the past. So that's something to really think about. Um, The other area, the eighth area, is what I call cognification. Complicated word maybe, but this is around 3D printing, artificial intelligence, automation, robotics. So that whole cognification, you know, Building intelligence within tools to help, you know, for us to help us augment our skills. So, how can machine learning help us build and better manage property? How can we use technology such as computer vision where we can take photographs and that those photographs can be diagnosed by the technology itself? So, you know, areas there that are really, really exciting. And I think computer vision is one that I would expect to see appearing in the Surveyor's Toolkit very soon. And the final one is blockchain. And you probably might have read a little bit about blockchain and you might think, well, how is that relevant to surveying? So, well, think about it this way. So blockchain will ultimately allow real estate transactions to be quicker and more secure and more efficient. So if you think about transactions and what happens with a transaction and the surveys that need to be undertaken, it's very, very obvious that you know, the due diligence and buying process for property is going to be speeded up and we're going to have to work quicker and we're going to have to work out a way of integrating the data points from such, you know, due diligence surveys, for example, potentially into the blockchain, into the transaction itself. So there's some really interesting areas there to think about. So you know, and those when you think of those three areas and the six I mentioned before, those nine pillars of technologies I like to call them, you know, are very much um, building, and there'll be others. And I think one of the key other things that I think will have an impact—it's not a technology as such; it's more of a more of a network. Um, it's more around telecom telecommunications itself. You know, what we're, what we're seeing happen with the five G network rollout will transform the ability for the tools we've talked about to be used, you know, not just in the office, but mobile, in the field, any location. And that will transform the way that those tools are used by surveyors. So to conclude, I feel that the future is bright for surveyors and where technology will augment our skills. And this should mean that surveyors will have time to develop their digital skills as well as their surveying skills. And ultimately this will improve their long-term employability and the sustainability of our industry. Thank you. Thanks for that talk today, Ed. And thanks to all of you for listening in to Accruents Built Environment Radio.